the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uncontrolled anger has a way of becoming a fire that threatens the whole house. An unchecked attitude in heaven became a fixed force that threatened to destroy the very universe itself. When Satan adopted the attitude of constant hatred toward God and Christ and His holy law, it became the viral infection of the universe that threatened the downthrow of all that is. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Operation Extinction and the Great Escape. It is part of the Cosmic Controversy series. In fact, it is number 15 in that series, and we'll bring you the first portion of this message here today. Now, if you'd like to listen to the entire message without interruption, it's available at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Now, Taco Bell is a really hot place lately. Last Sunday, a man was driving through a drive through window when an unknown person in that car, in a rather ordinary kind of way, ordered an extra, extra large chalupa with meat. Now, when my son orders a chalupa, he asks for beans instead of meat, but not this guy. He indicated that he wanted his meat and he wanted all of it. That extra, extra large chalupa should be piled high with not the image of the beast, the beast. Now, he indicated that, that he wanted it soon. Now, last Sunday, for reasons still unknown, he got his chalupas with a little less meat than he wanted. Now, most of us would just drive on and forget about it if something didn't happen in order that we had ordered, but not this man. He called via phone. He complained that there was not enough meat in his two extra, extra large chalupas. He then made a racial slur before he promised to come to the window and redecorate the place. A few minutes later, a homemade firebomb hit the building. The building was set on fire, and it made national news. I mean, isn't there like an anger out there in the world culture that is palpable, that you can just kind of feel and touch, that it somehow reaches across the airways or the media, and we feel it, that there is an intensity in human culture and society today that is not natural? Uncontrolled anger has a way of becoming a fire that threatens the whole house. An unchecked attitude in heaven became a fixed force that threatened to destroy the very universe itself. When Satan adopted the attitude of constant hatred toward God and Christ and His holy law, it became the viral infection of the universe that threatened the downthrow of all that is. When Lucifer sinned in heaven, he chose an attitude. 
And dear heart, as Christians today, we can choose a good attitude or a bad attitude. The spirit of Christ is the attitude of Christ. The spirit of the evil one is the attitude of the evil one. He raised his fist at God and he threatened to yank God off his heavenly throne and replace his eternal law with individual freedom and personal choice without a God direction and God's spirit in life. And the war that started in heaven infected our planet. I will, not God's will, is how the great rebellion started. In Revelation 12, 3, the Bible indicates that Lucifer persuaded a third of the heavenly angels to defect and to adopt the philosophy of I will, not God's will. He then focused his efforts on destroying Jesus Christ. He had deceived this planet. He had plunged it into chaos and ruin. And he was looking to establish his rebellious foothold here so he could launch it into the unfallen worlds of the universe. And so one thing was standing between him and his plan, the promise that Jesus would come to earth and die for this planet and bring it back to God. And so when Christ was born, he was ready to gobble him up and to destroy the Messiah. Revelation 12, 4. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child, that he might devour her child when she brought it forth. I mean, when Christ came to this world, the devil was ready to destroy him from the very moment of his life. He did not want Christ. He wanted to remove him. Verse 5. But this woman brought forth a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, rescued out of here, taken to that class five civilization, that cosmic center of the universe, rescued out of a dark world. When Jesus ascended to heaven after the resurrection, the devil was permanently thrown down to the earth. I mean, many Christians don't realize that through much of the Old Testament era, according to scripture, that dragon was in heaven. We find him in the book of Job trying to harass Job in his personal life. We find him as that lying spirit that was instrumental in the death of Ahab. We find him interacting at the door of the heavenly sanctuary, trying to keep Joshua's prayers from penetrating into God's ear. We find him actively involved at the cosmic center of the universe. But at the cross of Christ... He lost his right to represent this world in the heavenly councils. He was thrown down in a final form awaiting his execution at the end of the age. In Revelation 12:10, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the Bible here doesn't say I heard loud voices. When Christ died on the cross, the entire universe took a vote. With a single loud voice, they said this: Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. For the first time since the sin of Adam, the universe in a single vote accepted us back as brethren because of the cross of Jesus Christ. So what happened to the devil when he was thrown down to the earth? Where did he go? What attitude became the dominant force in his attack upon the church in the Middle Ages? What drives him in his extinction battle, knowing that he is ruined, he is finished, that the decisive victory has been won? Where is he coming from now? Revelation 12, 12. A call is made to the heavenly universe. Rejoice then, O heaven, and you that dwell therein. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath 
because he knows that his time is short. I mean, we know from Scripture, and we know from that favorite theologian I often quote, that the decisive victory occurred at the cross of Jesus Christ, and the devil has been banished from heaven for good. Now, one attitude became the driving force behind Satan's activity on earth after the cross. The Bible says he's angry, that he has great wrath. Satan is a fallen spiritual being who is angry because he knows that Jesus Christ has defeated him and he now knows that he has lost the cosmic war because of the cross. At the cross, Jesus cast him down. And like a wounded wild animal, Satan is angry and he's out to destroy as many people as he can because he knows that his time is running out. And dear heart, it means he's out to destroy you and your family too. We are not living in a morally neutral environment We are living at the end of time and He is out to subvert Christ's call in your life to drag you into the world kingdom system and to compromise truth in your life. Peter warned every believer that suffering and persecution is part of the program if you are called to be a Christian. I mean, this idea that as Christians, everything goes good. Now, let me ask you this question. When Jesus was baptized, what happened right after He was baptized? He was taken to the wilderness and who tempted Him? Satan did, right? Now, if you're trying to follow God, if you're committed to Jesus Christ, and suddenly you discover that you're being tempted and you're being tested, is that abnormal based on the pattern? If Christ was tried and tested after his commitment to God in baptism, what about you? Dear heart, we must really strengthen up as Christians by faith. God is not calling us to an easy path where everything goes good and everything's rosy. You follow Christ, you got conflicts, you got struggles, but you know what else? You got Christ, and He's worth the struggle. So Peter says this, 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. I mean, you aren't special in this way. If you're having trials, if you're struggling, you are altogether ordinary for all of those who will be called into God's eternal kingdom. So become part of the army of faith. The postmodern church today believes that it can bring heaven on earth right here. In fact, this very building that we're in, Brian McLaren is the father of postmodern Christianity. He founded Cedar Ridge here. He's personally a very nice man. The postmodern movement kind of believes that the church will one day take over the world and we'll be singing kumbaya and blowing in the wind and the community of God will come right here. Now that that sounds good. Good people want that to happen because they genuinely care about others. So I'm not diminishing that. But dear heart, peace signs, trying to have quality living here as a goal that's primary in your life instead of winning people to Jesus Christian community talk that's not focused on the proclamation of the kingdom of God that will break into human history prophetically at the end of time. It will not solve the mess of the world. While there are good people trying to, it's not the outcome because we are caught up in a cosmic war with evil that goes to the end of time. There's only one problem with this kind of theology. It fails to recognize the existence of a personal and powerful adversary who is the devil and Satan. History has been dominated by his great wrath because he has been thrown down to the earth. His presence is keenly felt here. Revelation 12, 13, when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had borne the male child. 
But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. Just like Israel in the Old Testament, the church fled into the wilderness. Verse 13 says, Satan pursued the church. The Greek word would allow the semantic domain to mean he persecuted the church. He didn't leave it alone. He went after it. He he didn't act like the church was a non-threat on his radar screen. He focused to destroy it. But eagle's wings picked up the church and God hid his people inside the wilderness areas of Europe from the devil's awful attacks. A time, times, and a half a time was given as the prophetic symbolic period for feeding the church in the wilderness. Now this time period occurs two places in the book of Daniel. I want to briefly look at them this morning. Daniel 7.25 is the first. Now here, most Bible scholars and people of integrity who study the Bible recognize that this little horn power is the historical Antichrist. He, meaning the Antichrist, little horn, shall speak words against the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. He shall think to change times and law. In other words, he would attack the Ten Commandment law of God and that part in God's law that has to do with sacred time. And then it says, they, meaning the church, shall be given into his hand for a time, two times, and half a time. Daniel 7.25, the Antichrist gained control of God's people during this prophetic period. In Revelation 12.14, God protected the church from Satan during this awful time period described in Daniel's prophecy. And according to Daniel 12.7, the second instance in Daniel, the church was so weakened by this activity during this time period that it came to the end of this time prophecy in a state of utter exhaustion. God had to break into history to save his church, prophetically speaking. Daniel 12, 7. The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever that it, meaning the persecutions of the Middle Ages, would be for a time, two times, and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, All these things would be accomplished. Good things would follow this awful time period. Time, times, and half a time means three and a half years. Now, can you think of anyone in the New Testament who had a three and a half year ministry? Jesus Christ did, right. So Christ healed the sick. He preached the gospel. In fact, he started his ministry in Luke 4 on the Sabbath day. And we know that this power, when it starts its time, times and dividing of times, its three and a half year symbolic prophetic ministry against the church, it tries to change the holy times connected with God's Ten Commandment laws. So it's the anti-element here involved. Satan and the Antichrist tried to tear down the church during this time period. Jesus built up the church during his three and a half year ministry. This time prophecy describes the persecutions of the Middle Ages as a counterfeit period to Jesus' ministry. In Revelation 12, 6, the time, times, and half a times is called 1260 days. The woman flees into the desert for 1260 days. Let's read the verse together. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which to be nourished for how long? What does the text say? Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. 
We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which to be nourished for how long? What does the text say? 1,260 what? Days. Now, the verse we read in verse 14 of the same chapter, she went into the wilderness to be nourished for a time, times, and dividing of times. It's the same time period. Now, we know in, in symbolic Bible prophecy that three and a half years is 42 prophetic months. The Bible uses a rounded-off month of 30 days, prophetically speaking. And so 42 times 30 is 1,260 days. Now, it's no mystery. The ancient Jews as well as the Old Testament itself. In fact, 120-something examples in the Old Testament. We find the year-for-day principle. And I'm not going to go through them all. I'm just going to allude to it. 1,260 days is really 1,260 years. The dragon and the Antichrist persecuted the church for over 1,000 years during the Middle Ages. Now, how strong is the church of Christ? Their heart, it endured a devastating persecution period that was over a millennium. Jesus told Peter the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. That's how strong it is. He pursued the church. He persecuted the church. He tried to destroy it, but he failed. He was almost successful. He drove it to the point of utter exhaustion where the power of the holy people was fully broken, it seemed. And then three angels' messages and a fourth that would follow. The messages of God begin to interact with the book of Daniel to revive the Christian church. Revelation 12, 15, the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after this woman to sweep her away with the flood. Now, we've had some hard times here at Reaching Hearts. You know, the devil would like to convince us that we can't have a church building because there's been opposition. We've been caught in a historic religious liberty battle that has affected churches all over North America. But dear heart, the same Christ that protected the church in the wilderness is protecting us. We don't have to fear about outcomes. The Lord is with us. It says in verse 16, the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river which the dragon poured from his mouth. In Revelation 17, 15, the waters of the great river represent peoples, nations, kindreds, and tongues. The devil sent one army after another from one nation after another to destroy the faithful church in the wilderness. Finally, the wilderness regions of Europe on the old continent of wars was no longer able to be a safe haven for the church of Jesus Christ. They dug them out of the caves. They threw them off of cliffs. They searched out the people of God who held to the word of God. And so the earth came to the help of the woman. Verse 15, the Bible says that quite clearly. Near the end of the Middle Ages, the earth came to the help of the woman. Now, what on earth is this place called the earth in the book of Revelation? What is the earth that came to the help of the woman? 
In Revelation 13, John sees a beast rising out of the sea. And the beast is the Antichrist that persecutes during the Middle Ages. Like Jesus, the beast lives. He has a three and a half year persecuting ministry of 42 months. And then he receives a deadly wound, just like Jesus did at the cross. And in the context, he gets resurrected, just like Jesus did. A world kingdom system that lives through a time period that mirrors the ministry, the anti-ministry of Jesus. The deadly wound, the cross of Christ, the healing of the wound, a resurrection phase. This beast is Antichrist. He also has ten horns symbolizing the ten kingdoms of Europe. And he has ten crowns on those horns representing the monarchies of the Middle Ages. I mean, this Antichrist beast functions during the period of kingdoms and of hereditary monarchies. And then the Bible says he came back from the dead. His deadly wound gets healed up and the whole world wonders after the beast just as if he had never died, like he was resurrected. They wonder after the beast. Now, you don't have to think too hard to figure out on which day Jesus was resurrected, right? You know what day that was? Don't tell me. According to the Bible, the whole world will wonder after the beast because he gets resurrected like Jesus did. There is a connection between the resurrection of Christ, the day he was resurrected, and the healing of this beast. Near the end of the Middle Ages, when this beast is coming down, another beast is coming up out of the earth of a different character. Representing the peoples of Europe, the Antichrist beast came out of the sea, but another beast arose from the earth around the end of the 1260 years. A rose in a new place far removed from the sea of nations that gave rise to this medieval beast system. Revelation 13, 11, Then I saw another beast which rose out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. In Revelation 13, the dragon gives to the beast from the sea both authority and his throne. Now that's exactly what God did for Jesus after the resurrection. Christ said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Christ said in the latest seen message that he will grant us to sit with him on his throne as he himself sat with his father on his throne. You see, so the dragon is acting towards the beast as if he's God the Father. And the beast looks like he's Christ, but he's not. He's Antichrist. The beast from the sea has ten horns and seven heads. The dragon has ten horns and seven heads. And so the beast is in the image of the dragon just as Christ is in the image of the Father. What is this lamb-like beast coming out of the earth, this prophetic power coming into existence at the end of the Middle Ages in a new world far away from the old world of Europe that was the haven for the church in the wilderness? This power is incompatible with the old order of forced worship and oppression. The Bible says it's a lamb-like beast that arises out of the earth. When John saw Jesus in John 1.29, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We know in the book of Revelation that he is the lamb that stands before God's throne. So here is a lamb-like beast. It's a Christian-like power that arises in the new world. First, it starts out like a lamb, but it ends up speaking like a dragon. The lamb-like beast represents a lamb-like nation that arose in a new world far removed from the sea of peoples of the old world and far removed from the wilderness that gave haven to the Christian church in flight. The earth came to the help of the woman. The earth absorbed the waters that came from the dragon's mouth. It absorbed the peoples, both persecuting and otherwise. And the earth is the place where a lamb-like nation arose that became the hope of the world. 
Dear heart, the United States of America is the lamb-like beast of the apocalypse. The lamb-like beast has two horns and no crowns. A horn represents power and a crown represents a monarchy system. This lamb-like beast has no monarchical system. It has no king. It is lamb-like Christian. The United States of America has no king. It has two houses, a representative body, the House of Representatives, and the U.S. Senate. But we have no king. The lamb-like beast has two horns of power. The United States of America became the haven of faith, the haven for those that were persecuted. Our pilgrim fathers came to this country. They bowed their heads on heaven's land. And they thank God that the earth came to the help of the woman. In Revelation 12, 16, the Bible is very clear. The earth came to the help of the woman. The Declaration of Independence reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The consent of the governed means there is no king here, there is no authority but the will of the people, and it was understood in that context as the will of the people who had come here because of the Christian ethic that gave rise to this country. Well, that's the first portion of today's broadcast, number 15 in the Cosmic Controversy series, Operation Extinction and the Great Escape. Join us again next time when we conclude this message. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Again, you can listen to this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety, along with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series. And join us again next time. We so appreciate you listening. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.